0: You're listening to an Irreverent Podcast. Visit Irreverent F M for more content from our friends. I am an E. I am an I am an hello everybody and welcome. My name is Janice Legata, and this is God Has Not Given, an expangelical podcast featuring me and my failing faith and conversations with my friends and family. And this week, this podcast and the corresponding Instagram account are six months old, so that's something. And this is a good episode for that, because today's guest was right there with me back when the Hillsong section of my life began. So pack your bags for a trip to Hillsong College. Episode 2.11, Buckle Up. When I first saw you.
1: friend elizabeth and elizabeth i have known since 2005 yeah Ooh. funnily enough like it's because you came in august but i went i arrived there in may so it's almost my whatever anniversary of being at hillsong so we met in sydney at hillsong college i guess i met you on the day you arrived because did you come straight into the house? Because we were housemates. We were, we were yeah. placed into the same home.
2: Um, you know what? That day was crazy because they lost my luggage. And <sighs> I didn't have my luggage for three months. And I was still trying to be positive and just like, oh, it's going to work out. And, you know, you really don't want to show your true colors of how worried you are and how broke you are when you get there. So you're just like, okay, I'm going to trust God. So I don't remember if you were there when I first got there. That was a blur to me because it was a really bad, rough day for me.
1: And also you flew across the world. Jet lag is a thing. And, you know, Hillsong College was not the most organized institution. And so I feel like everyone arriving just arrived in chaos to some level. That's exactly it. So, yeah. So we met at Hillsong Bible College. Yeah. So clearly in the year of 2005, we were both christians. what i am week to week anyone's guess. so for this week, elizabeth, give me three things that to you make someone a christian.
2: okay. um so the word christian, part of the word is christ. so i really had to kind of dig deep um and and be and not be afraid to 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 say this, but also try as much as possible to not be typical and robotic in my answer. So I really had to like, where God so loved the world. I really had to go. I was like, okay, Lord, no, like, like real talk. Like what, what is it? Cause I'm, I'm pulling, I'm deconstructing it. So anyways, to answer your question, a Christian to me is someone who believes that God gave Jesus Christ to humanity in order to give humanity new and eternal life a new spirit and a way back into having intimacy with God. That's one. <laughs>
0: okay.
2: Um, number two, a Christian is someone who lives, who lives from love and that's living from love, whether expending love to others, creating things from a place of love and or fulfilling their purpose from a place of love. Um, and then a Christian is someone who discovers and understands their true identity and purpose. And in that identity and purpose, they automatically effortlessly glorify and reflect God's goodness, creativity, and love. I know those are lengthy, but...
1: No, that's good. So so based on that, and again, seems like every week now, <laughs> Christian-ish, Christian-y, but not not all the way there.
2: Not all the way there.
1: Yeah. I feel like the the last two I can get with, the first one... I'm like, oh, I don't know. I don't know that God sent Jesus for that. I don't I don't believe we were in need of a savior okay. anymore. I like Christ, just don't know what he's for Shit. anymore. So yeah, the Christian, christian e Christian-ish, all, all that-ish. So. <laughs> I love it. Oh. Yeah, I'm on that Christian-ish. That's, that's what that is. <laughs> right, that <ish> asterisk. <laughs> so yeah, so that's where I'm at. Yeah. But flashing back to, to where it was, where we met, mm-hmm. 2005,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Sydney, Australia, Nelson yeah. College, August. How, how, Elizabeth, how, how did you end up there and then?
2: So at that time... I had gone to a secular college um, because it was just convenient and it was far away from my parents and my family because they just, I'm the youngest of three and they held me on quite tight. So I was ready to go. I'm very independent and have always been. And so at the time I became really heavily involved in Christian ministry, had my own home church um, near my university and with In the back of my head, I can still hear my youth pastor um, from my family's church say, you know, just really harp about um, the importance of going to a Christian university and just putting fear in our hearts about um, secular (laughs) university. And that wasn't my experience. I grew closer to God, like I I, and I loved it. I loved ministry. I, I was part of Campus Crusade for Christ, which back then it's heavily just it's not diverse at all um but i just felt such an amazing part of that community and i just walked away with my bachelor's um just just reiterating the um, the, the the pleasantness of community that i i had to that point pretty much had but then the youth pastor's voice in my head was like well that's fine. I got my degree um, from a secular university. Um, Now I'm going to make it complete. I remember that phrase in my head. I'm going to make myself completely, you know, well-rounded by going to a Christian university. One of the things I discovered in my undergrad is that I was a pretty darn good dancer. Um, still am, you know, and I was surprised. I was surprised of how good I was, and I knew I really, really wanted to use that for God. But I didn't want it to look corny or just, you know, trite. I really wanted it to be really fly, like really just so cool. And I knew I had the technique. I got the technique, I overcame just a lot of um obstacles that people normally have overcome in the dance world, you know, for a decade and a half or more. And I did it in four years in college and loved it. And uh, so I was like, I want to do this for God. And I knew I also sang. I've always sung since I was three years old. So I was like, what better way to do this? But I knew I needed to go to an accredited college, to a legitimate college. I went on a little journey of just kind of seeing what was out there. And at the time in 2000. Three, two thousand and four, there was just wasn't a lot of colleges that would accept dance as a form of legitimate study and clearly worship. It was just offensive. I knew in my heart of hearts that was not the case. There's no way I could be good and exponentially fly through this type of, te- you know, classical training and just you know, dance technique and God would be like, it's wrong. There's no way no one was going to convince me of that. And then that's when I found Hillsong and I found Hillsong because at the time my roommate's sister had gone for a year and I was like, Oh, let me check it out. And at the same time, being in the campus, campus crusade for Christ community, being, doing worship there, I was introduced to their music and just had these amazing um, worship time with the Lord with their music so I checked it out short story anyways is that I decided in my heart I was going to go and I said God if you want me to go you need to confirm it in your word you need to provide the finances and you need to allow my dad to give me his blessing that pretty much happened I ended up through a crazy turn of events the state of Indiana approved money funds a grant a scholarship if you will for me to go. And they were going to give me a monthly stipend for me to go. So I literally went, lost my luggage for three months, and the state of Indiana had already notified me, notified you know, the school that this check was waiting for me because since we know how unorganized Hillsong Church and Hillsong College is and was, mm-hmm. is that they lost that check. I had literally no money for months and months. And what was totally crazy is that the check was cashed and they could never find who cashed it. And interestingly enough, on the check, it wasn't my full name. It was my first initial and last name. And that's how the person signed it. And I don't sign my name. I don't sign my checks that way. And so the college completely denied. That never arrived. But the federal government confirmed They got it. And they had the right address. So the bank was, we were able, my parents, I was not Hillsong, but my parents were able to retrieve through the Department of Veteran Affairs copies of how it was signed and that it was cashed. And mind you, I was 22. I was just happy to be there. Um, But I will boldly say that they stole that money. They made no efforts to find it. Um, And it was confirmed. The right address, everything you know but it was rough that august for six months i was losing weight because i either didn't have enough money and the food in australia is healthier than america anyways so i was i was getting healthier but i also didn't have a lot of food and i went from a size 22 to a size 12 in like six months which in a way was good but i had no clothes and it was it was really really rough because you were supposed to keep up not only with this the spiritual facade but also this economical facade and this, you know, this corporate, I'm going to label it a corporate because corporate world that I've experienced near as here in the United States is easier than going through Hillsong College and going and experiencing yeah. Hillsong Church. I was like, oh, I've already been through this. Um, you know, I'm a master. Like what we like? Yeah, y'all, if you survive Wilson College, you can survive any corporate America job. So that first six months was really rough. I had little to no food, Our house mom. Well, that was just out of control. It, It was really, really rough. And all this time you had to present this facade of like, I am so blessed and privileged to be here. And it was hard, psychologically hard. It affects me to this day when it comes to my finances.
1: Oof. And it's just so weird. Cause I mean, we were in the same house and a lot of this stuff I didn't know till later. Part of that was, cause I mean, we, we were in the same house, we were on different levels. <laughs> like, like literally she was upstairs. I was downstairs and the college just keeps you so, so busy. I don't even remember where I was volunteering, voluntold to be, you know, at that <laughs> um, particular time. But yeah, like your schedule is just, it's just packed. Always at, at the church, always doing something. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we were in the same house, but we've we only, we saw each other more after like after we had gotten out of there and gone to different places. Yeah. And I feel like that was that was kind of the Hillsong College experience. Like you're mm-hmm. all there and you're all like in the same place doing the same things, but all of our stories mm-hmm. were so different,
0: mm-hmm. um, and
1: the stuff we were going through was actually very similar, but it's just kind of like the Hillsong experience is that I am having a rough time,
0: Mm. but
1: everybody else seems to be having a great time. Yeah. And that's, that's like everybody's reality. Mm -hmm. Everybody thinks everybody else is having a really good time. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I just happen to be going through it, but nobody else is, you know, going through it, but we were all going through it, but we didn't, we didn't even know because there's been, you know, so much in the media, Lately, coming out about how abusive Hillsong is and just, yeah, the structure there. And in hindsight now, both of us can be like, oh, yeah, that was that was not great. But even like I didn't know, you know, that you were recommended by someone who had, you know, gone. And I'm thinking now and I'm like, you know, when people ask me about I'm like, "Mm, don't go um yeah and and you know over the years but that wasn't always the case coming out of it i always had like that 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 caveat of like ah well it depends on what you're looking for like definitely don't go for educational purposes because mm. you're not going to learn anything but you know if you just want to be in australia or to have a hillsong experience yeah, yeah. Look at
2: God. yes do that then use them as the medium
1: but it, it would have been still pretty recently where I would have used the word abusive,
2: mm. mm-hmm.
1: but it was abusive. It was. We know that now, but like, when did you kind of realize that when did you kind of realize what Hillsong had actually been and done to you?
2: You know what, Janice? Oh, I'm going to try not to cry.
1: It wasn't until your podcast. It wasn't.
2: I was not given permission to even allow myself to even think that. And I mean, not given any kind of permission from the churches that I would have associated to be my safe place. So this entire time, it's 2021 up until maybe 2019, 2020. I, there were outside forces. I, I do believe there. it's God was telling you, wait, you're going to see something. And because you're conditioned to think that you're the problem, you're conditioned to think that, oh, you have pride and arrogance and self-centeredness and, you know, you never, I never this entire time thought that it was abusive until... Really, your podcast and me hearing person after person after person after person after person literally regurgitate word for word, thought for thought, everything that I had experienced and felt. So it wasn't until just up to two to three years ago that I could freely, confidently, and boldly say they are a abusive institution.
1: So even just what you said about, you know, people regurgitating your experience, mm. there was a Instagram live the other day and Joe Lumen was talking about indoctrination. She said, you know, indoctrination is not education. Not at all. And so I've told people for years, like, don't go to Hillsong for an education. Mm-hmm. But it's only been the last few years where I've been like, oh, no, indoctrination is the word. Yeah that I would use. And I kind of knew that because I would always say, you know, oh no, you come out of Hillsong having learned Hillsong culture. That's what you learn. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I would tell people. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's a hundred percent indoctrination. Like they're teaching yeah. you their way of thinking, mm-hmm. their, you know, form of theology.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But underneath that we all were coming away with, like you said, the thing about, you know, pride and, you know, yeah, I had a bad experience there or, you know, came away feeling some type of way, but that's me. You know, I, I have to check my heart right? Um, and I, you know, yeah, I have to check myself and that's my pride. Yep. Um, and you know, just these ideas about, you know, if I, if I wanted to be a pastor, that was something I wanted, then I would have this internal check and be like, well, God's never going to give it to me because I want it.
2: Oh my gosh. I forgot about that. You're right.
1: There's this idea that you have to be chosen. Mm-hmm. Um, you, know, <laughs> you know, God will pick you when you're ready and when it's time. And so anything, anything that you want, anything that you're going after, anything that you're trying to do, that's you. Mm. And, you know, until until that's like burned out of you, until you have mm. humbled yourself enough.
2: Until you served enough.
1: Right. You're not going to get it. No. So you and I both were in. At that time,
0: Mm -hmm. the worship
1: and creative arts stream. Mm -hmm. So we both went there for creative things. Yeah. And I would say that in terms of my artistry, music, singing, whatever, Hillsong definitely harmed my confidence more than it helped.
2: 100%.
1: So how did it, what did it do to you as an artist and your artistry?
2: You know, I was bright-eyed and bushy-tailed at 22 and i have always whenever people would be like oh elizabeth stand up and sing i would just go ahead and stand up and sing like i'm going to sing i'm going to make you feel good you know with my voice and and my confidence to this day it affects my work my earning my bread you know i recently got a new job in an arena that I've been wanting to really get into and it's, and it's hard and it's difficult and whatever, but I'm learning a lot and I love that. And what Hillsong has done, not only destroyed my confidence and my creativity, but my confidence to make decisions at work, my confidence to trust what I see vocalize and cohesively and concisely communicate things creatively because I I work in the marketing department, you know, managing all projects, you know, for a national, well, international retailer through all channels, and I have to be able to be confident enough to pick out what's missing, and to listen actively, and to be able to bring those things together creatively in a timely manner. What Hillsong has done has affected that. I still have to work through that. I still have to, you know, at the beginning of this week, I had, you know, an anxiety attack and I have to keep it together because people are never, you know, supportive of you having that stuff. You know, they can have their tantrums and it be okay. And the rest of us, they just deflect and gaslight. So... Hillsong destroyed my creativity, my confidence, my ability to trust my my own desires and gut and how that even how I can roll that out. I have projects and things that I want to do so bad and that I, I, I have been delaying now almost six, seven months because I feel like I have to get all my ducks in a row. I was not that person before Hillsong. I am now. And I'm not going to I'm not going to stay that way. I, I am healing and I'm working on me, but it's destroyed more than just my creativity. Hell, I need restitution, damn it. They owe me. Not only do they owe me money,
1: they owe me flipping time. Ooh, ooh. I, um, I'm thinking back and I still remember our first performance day. And, and I always remember yours because you sang Hailed.
2: Janice, there's a story behind that, and it was so neat. But yes, go ahead.
1: Yeah, I don't think I had ever heard it before, but I remember like and you did such a good job. And so that became, that became like, well, yeah, one of my favorite songs. So yeah, so I got that from you, but I, I have like this picture and like, I can see you in this white long sleeve shirt and just kind of like buttoned up. None of us were like dressed like we would dress in real life. We were putting on this performance, and we were putting on a performance. It's like we were trying to fit into what the Hillsong standard at at that time was, because that performance was also the the audition to be on the the chapel worship team roster. And neither one of us made it.
2: I don't even know who made it. Who made it?
1: (laughs) I know a few people who made it. Oh, well. And without picturing any of them, you can picture all of them. Yes. Like, yeah. you know. I mean, obviously, like, like I said, you did you did a great job. Like, you put that song in my head.
2: You know what happened? That wasn't the song that I had been going to. I had been taking two buses and going to my vocal teacher's house.
1: Oh, my God. Ooh. I forgot that was even a thing. Yep.
2: Um, I, and I had a good vocal teacher. She was great. Um, my My first one was, both of them were um but she I remember I forgot her name but she they were both lovely women the first one she it took me two buses to get to her house and then I had to walk probably about two two and a half more blocks and uh, I got there was fine I figured it out and we I ended up she assigned me um Jackie Velasquez Um, on my knees. And I had sang that so much. It wasn't challenging for me. It was, you know, it was cakes. It wasn't, but I did it. I was like, well, this is going to be flying colors, but it did not highlight the fullness of my voice. And that's why I remember telling her like, there's this other song, there's this other song. So I had been doing that for weeks. The day of the performance, I was getting ready. I was in the shower. I remember I was in front of the mirror and something said, Take with you, um, Natalie Grant's held, in case your your tape does not work or whatever we used your CD doesn't work. Janice, that's exactly what happened, and I know it was God. I know it was God. I gave it to sound to production. I said, "This is my song. If this doesn't play, play the last of this." I winged held. I winged it. I because it's what I needed that song. And it's how I felt. And my vocal teacher, she was like, Oh my gosh, I'm so glad that worked out. It, it was like, she didn't even know. And I'm, I'm so glad it worked out. Cause I, to this day, I love that song. I love that song. And it showcased my voice. And it worked out, so I I remember that day. That was that was good. I kicked ass, and I was so proud of myself. And it's funny because the scores I can't remember exactly, but I pro you know you know when as artists we're really really cre- critical of ourselves, and we know what we could have done better.
0: Mm-hmm. And I,
2: there's nothing that I could have done better. And for some reason, they didn't give me all perfect marks. I was very very surprised. You know, that song, I I knew like the cadence, the the breathing, the dynamics, the, you know, the nuances, you know, um, I was, I was a little disappointed at what I received in those marks because I knew I killed it, but it's fine. <laughs> Whatever.
1: Just hearing you talk about that day, like it's bringing back so much for me. It's like, oh my God. Like how okay. much as I? clear
2: to
0: me
1: as i As much as I remember about Hillsong and my time there, there's so much that is just you know I've forgotten, and like even oh I'm like, oh my God, I forgot, yeah, we had the vocal coaches, and yeah, we were responsible to get to, to their house to their house, which is just crazy on top of all the other stuff, like I said, the hours we were already spending doing, I'm like, oh my God, everything about that that place was just not set up like for us, no. It's like you paid all this money to come and literally work for them. And they're like, Ooh, and we'll give you, Ooh, you're going to have a vocal coach. But guess what? You're going to take the time and the money to get to them. Yeah. And I, I 100% did not get all the sessions I was supposed to. Eventually it just kind of like faded away. It was like, Oh, that's not, I'm not going to that. Yeah. I'm not getting on these, these two buses to go to Kellyville. No. So yeah. So I forgot all about vocal coaches. I forgot all about, I was like, oh my God, we did get scored. And I don't remember what mine was, but I know it was low. And I remember because I'm like, oh yeah, that was like one of the first blatant knocks at my confidence. And then part of that, I also just took it on. because I'm like, oh yeah, okay, well, sure. Like that's, that's the journey, right? Because we all, most of us came here. like the big fish in the small pond. Mm-hmm. And so now no I'm a small fish in, in a big pond so of course I'm not as good as I you know and,
2: and this is good for me I need to grow right. this is a method of me being able to grow and expand and develop and and developing tough skin as someone prophesied to me once which is sort of sort of true it it in a way I I discovered something about myself later on that I needed to like okay you do need to de- develop tough skin Elizabeth but apart from that it was just like you 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 received and you took on what was indoctrinated and propaganda that they were telling you about you and I'm like you don't know me and you convinced me that I was this person
1: because they didn't know us and honestly they never wanted to because it was never about it was never about them knowing us it was never about us knowing ourselves like it was about us coming here and becoming the perfect Hillsong robot
2: they're little worker
1: bees. Yeah. So we've known each other this long. Mm. We met in this environment, the super Christian environment, because we were super Christians. <laughs> um, now we are something else. <laughs> <I'm>
0: <laughs>
1: less, less so than you, whatever, you know, whatever that scale is. But however, however I feel about God or think about that it doesn't really affect how I see, see Hillsong at this point. Oh and what I what I think of Hillsong. Yeah. But there's a thing in Hillsong culture, and I think not just Hillsong, a lot of churches, where when you're in the church, you're not really allowed to say things about it because you can only talk about it to people who can do something about it. So you can only talk about it to your leaders and then your leaders are like, Who are you? Get out of here, or we're working on it, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. don't worry about it. So when you're in Hillsong, you when you're in a lot of churches, you can't really talk about it. Mm-mm. You're not allowed to talk about it because you left and now you're just hurt and you're, you're just bitter. You're just offended. Yes. So Elizabeth, you're just hurt. You're just bitter. You're just offended. Why, why, why should we listen to you?
2: You know, I say to people that you don't have to listen to me. I live with my freedom and you don't pay my bills. So I strongly believe that, you know, I honestly don't say anything. I, have tried to, like a rag, ring out some kind of understanding where, okay, it's me. But at some point, Janice, when you've been trying to fix these things that these churches have been telling you you need to fix about yourself, and it doesn't change, and you put all your heart and energy and soul, and you're going crazy doing so, I literally said, 2020, I said, fuck this. It's not me. God would have taken it away. And I feel so far removed with any desire to justify or defend myself or my decisions. I literally know who and what is inside of me and, and what's right for me in that decision. I know it's right for me not having to justify myself, not having to defend myself, not having to explain myself, not having to win anybody over because it's now finally producing the very fruit, the very fruit of the spirit that we're talking about or whatever. Like it's actually giving me results that I've been seeking. So I know that it's, it wasn't me. And really my piece is more precious than being right or convincing anybody. And I think we all go through those cycles, right? We go through this Whatever those cycles are, whether you internalize everything that you receive, you work on it so hard, then you give up and then you go back and then you finally give up and you're like, I'm tired. And then you might go into this phase of like, I'm tired and I don't care. And this is why you're all wrong. And then you get to the bottom of, and I don't think it's the bottom, you get to the top of the mountain and you finally say, I don't give a damn. And I really think that until those people are broken down by by the very systems that they have created and they've prospered in and they've thrived in in this world of oppression and illusion to which they have idolized and until they experience some of that form of internal psychological and relational breakdown in that world, it will only be then that someone might even remotely begin to know what it is true freedom because I don't believe that nothing that you can say would make anybody who is thriving in that environment give a second thought that this is, they're in a dangerous place and they are causing danger to others. They are propagating I think that's a word. <laughs> I'm thinking in Spanish too, sorry. You know, um that that narrative and that culture and that harm. And I just really think that people it, it should not take this, but people might need to be completely destroyed and rise from the ashes to realize the truth because they're blinded. So I don't I don't say anything anymore. I thrive in my peace. I pay my bills. I do what I want now because I don't care. Nobody's paying my bills. Nobody's paying for my travel expenses or my, you know, healthy, unhealthy, (laughs) you know, um, sneaker addiction, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and I, I cackle because I just, you know, discovering those little things about me, like nobody needs to understand it anymore and I don't need to defend it and I don't need to convince anybody that where they're at is, is dangerous. They just, need, yeah. they just need to go through the destruction of it. And if they don't, as long as they don't violate my space, my personal space, and the things that are working for me, I don't say anything.
1: Well, you're better than me. <laughs> <laughs> I try, but you know you what, know,
2: Janice, you saw me last year, okay, right? So, you know, I felt like I needed to... But I was like, God, I, I, I feel like I don't have a lot of energy anymore. No, that's real. Yeah. And what do I want to use my energy for? I want to use my energy for me. I want to be probably as selfish as I can be now to give myself, to take back the restitution these people refuse to give you. And and that's fine. They're not going to be able to, Right. Because they won't. The the natural laws of physics and nature, they can't, right? So I am taking back what was stolen from me.
0: (laughs) Isn't that a
1: song? Oh, wait, is a worship song. Wow, so that makes them the devil, huh? Mm. Yeah. So when we were at Hillsong, it was a big thing to know, like the Hillsong mission statement. (laughs) um. And then there was the, I don't even know which is which, but I think the, the, vision, the vision statement was the church I see.
2: Yes, yes, because I see vision, yes.
1: Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yes,
2: that's how I remembered it.
1: So yeah, so that was the church I see. And then a few years, a few years ago, it was updated to the church I now see. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, Brian Houston's vision for Hillsong. Mm-hmm. So if you were writing the church I now see about... Hill song in its, in its present state. And let's stick to the college. So, the college, I now see. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think should happen next? What do you think will happen next? What do you think should happen next there? And it, it can either be <laughs> perfect world, like what, what do they owe us? What would you oh, want?
2: Jesus, you know, word. What do they owe us? Didn't think of it that way, but yes.
1: So, it can go either way. It can be. Well, I think clearly this is going to happen next because this is already happening. And then, yeah, in a perfect world, if they were giving what they should give, if they were, I don't know, doing what Jesus would do, what would what would restitution look like? What what would the future of Hillsong College be? Should it have a future? Should it still exist? Any of that, all of that, or none of it. I don't know. The The college I now see.
2: So, hmm. You know, there's just so much there to unpack Is like America, like you can't reform systemic racism and just fraud. This country is a fraud. You're just going to have to dismantle it. It needs to be dismantled. Hillsong College needs to be dismantled. It needs to give us all of our money back with interest in a perfect world. That's what Jesus would do. And a public apology acknowledging everything that you've done to us. And you need to fit the bill for every single one of my therapy sessions because I'm still working on stuff. And you know, one of, the, one of the things, this is a little bit irrelevant, but one of the things that I discovered when, when people, especially in that environment, say, well, you know, when the pressure's on, what's, at, what's inside of you comes out. I was like, that's bullshit. Because you're telling me that if you put your hand to the stove and you your your first layer of epidermis, What's inside needs to be out.
1: That second layer was always, was always in there.
2: Right. So I just need to continue to burn myself and expose myself to further harm when there's protection for a reason and you've destroyed that. When I hear that, I still hear that in some of these stupid memes. I'm like, you're full of shit. That is not the case. That is not the case because you can you can squeeze someone so hard enough that what's inside of them comes out. Yeah, and you can kill them.
1: Ooh, I never even thought about it like that, but yeah.
2: You know, and that's one thing that when I see that and I hear that from churches, I'm like you're full of shit. You're you're gaslighting. You refuse to be responsible. So I think that Hillsong College needs to be dismantled. We need to get all of our money back. We need a public apology. You need to acknowledge exactly what you did. Uh, And there needs to be a country-level financial audit. You know, no one, ever since that experience, no one messes with my bag. Nobody. Hmm. No one. I have, since that experience, I have made sure that I'm financially stable. Not at all costs. You know, I have integrity and character, but, you know. um...
1: You didn't learn that there, I'll tell you that. (laughs) All right! But that's so good, like that thought about, yeah, because they do harp on that a lot. You, you know, yeah, what's high pressure and the fire and, all th- and that now I'm thinking about it. I'm like, what?
2: What is that?
1: What world are you preparing us for? Because, <laughs> you know, it's like. That is hysterical, right? You're indoctrinating us. You're teaching us. You are forming us in your culture to, you would think, thrive in your culture. And it is, so like, what does that say about your culture? Because you're not, as much as, you know, they like to talk about the church, like, so about the world and what the world is doing. It's like, well, no. we were all raised in the world. Like, I know, we know how to move in secular spaces. Like, that's that's just part of the deal. And part of what, what drove me out of Hillsong in the end was, like, this realization that, like, oh, I'm. it's no different in here than the world. Like, the battles I have to fight out there. Oh, my God. I have to fight in here <gasps> too so it's like what why would you not just be making your environments better so that we don't I don't have to go through the fire I don't have to be squeezed so what's in me will come out like why would you not be reforming so I'm like oh man like that's such a now such a red flag like if they're telling you oh you are going to be in environments where yeah, you're gonna get burned and you're gonna get squeezed and the pressure is gonna be on. These are your environments. Why are and we
2: And they're worse, Janice. When I tell you that I can succeed in corporate America better than Hillsong College and Church, there is something to say to that. It's it's amazing to me that when you strip all of that away, that wasn't Jesus. That's what made me realize last year. Oh shit! Wait a minute. God called people out on their shit. The religious people, the the oppressive, the oppressors. The I was like, wait, 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 wait. We're wanting to push that Jesus aside. That's not the Jesus we worship. Yes, it is. We're forgetting that side to Him. I last year, someone told me. Someone told me that we're not called to the ministries of turning tables. And that never sat right with me. And that was the beginning of me knowing there's something, there's a narrative that even in churches of color, they have believed. And I'm like, where's this coming from? And pretty much short story, my little journey, my little itty bitty journey, this is all white supremacy. Thus, I made the decision, how can I heal and continue in those environments? And I was like, nope, I gotta get myself out. And I'm finally starting to see the, this little ball of chaos and knots starting to pull apart, having room to breathe, having space to think, having time to think about my emotions and why I'm feeling this and what could be even possibly happening spiritually that God, you know, if God is our advocate, Jesus Christ is our advocate, what could he be doing on my behalf spiritually if he's got my back? What could he be doing on my behalf where things are coming up that are not so nice and he could be addressing those things and I I don't I just got to I got to I just got to chill and trust in that. Because isn't he love? Isn't he our advocate? Isn't he the one who you know, he I mean he died for us. So why Would I put myself in a situation where I am harmed and then we call that um, addressing our issues? What? He didn't do that with people, but he sure as hell did that with religious people. And I love it. I'm for that. I'm here for that. If people want to come for me, I'm ready for that. I'm ready for that. And I got receipts. And people are like, oh, you're so violent or you're so, oh my gosh. Like, you really have to address those anger issues. You provoke them. And there's plenty of scriptures that talk about that. We, we see the scripture about parents don't provoke your children. Hello, can we not apply that to every other area of life? Why are these institutions provoking us? And then
1: you want to say it's me. No, no, it's, it's all y'all. So then that's perfect. And in keeping with this, the church I now see theme, Mm. um, I'm out of church. You are recently out of church. I don't, I don't for myself believe in the church as an institution. Like I cannot imagine ever, ever being part of a church again. Right. Um, So when I think about the church, it's not something I have any personal hope in, but I know that other people, Still want it, mm. still need it, still believe in it. So even in all the work that I'm doing, and as much as I want to burn Hillsong to the ground, dismantle it, I want it, I want it gone. I mean I, I want it gone from the US for sure. Australia, that, that that's your business, you deal with that. But here, like I want it I want it gone. Yeah, agreed. Um, me too. but I also know that just like me, the people who are in it, there's something in them that needs that. I was at Hillsong because I was already primed for that kind of environment, you know, to accept that kind of abuse. So like, if it wouldn't, if it wouldn't have been Hillsong, if it wouldn't have been Hillsong college, it would have been something else. Mm -hmm. So knowing that if Hillsong burned down tomorrow, there's another mega church down the street that is just as harmful. Yeah. And a lot of those people would just, you know, gravitate there. Sure. So if you were building, I won't even say the perfect church, a healthy church. Yeah. What are, what are, what are three things that would be like key tenants of a healthy church? Like what church that you see?
2: Whoo, um, so just limit it down to three. Um, definitely, the thing that has been affect that has affected me the most and still affects me to this day: the church would not consume people's time and resources tirelessly and then call it honoring and serving and worshiping God. That's number one. I think I would love a church that would never speak about sin and people's behavior.
0: Ooh.
2: I would love that. Things just work themselves out. They do. Yeah. You yourself as a human being, it works out and and I believe that it works out because God loves you and you you just show up in that environment of love and community. And what results in people's lives based on their own decisions, it results in people's lives and their own decisions. But then that community is there to still just love and not poke a finger at those wounds. Right. So that would be two. And then I would love to see a church Can I really get four? There's just one that's really important to me. I'll allow
0: it. Thank
2: you. Um, A church that would not allow or tolerate hierarchy. Mm -hmm. And then the last one is a church that would, it would help empower, walk alongside and teach people how to love themselves first and what that can look like in our idiosyncrasies. And I think that from that, the natural result is that we we begin to love people, even people that we don't like or are very different from, because the environment fosters allowing people to be themselves. But how can you be yourself if you don't discover yourself? And how can you discover yourself if you aren't helped on that journey of what, of the, of just the possibilities. So that would be the four for me.
1: I would, I would recommend people go to that church.
2: Can I be the worship pastor? And I'm joking. No. (laughs) That's another thing. We ain't, I say no hierarchy. We ain't doing none of that. We're not doing any of that. Like someone last year that I follow on Instagram um, she's like, let's reimagine church. And I know that's such a, uh, a catchphrase, a trendy f- phrase, right? But no, like, really, like...
0: No, for real, for real.
2: For real, for real. Let's t- break everything down. Yeah. That would no. cause anybody or any group of people to be in the center. What? So fucking ever.
1: I love it. Um, And it sounds like, I mean, it, it sounds like community. It sounds like friendship. Right? Like, it sounds like life. When Christians don't make it weird, like, yeah. So yeah. So as we're as we're settling down, simmering down, Hillsong College is is garbage. But for us, the good thing because you know it's it's here in the states too. Like there's a Hillsong College campus in Arizona, which I'm like, who would what like,
2: and it's not even American accredited. Like what WTF? Like who? Why would you? Why
1: time and money. Because at least, at least, we were in Australia.
2: We had the Blue Mountains and we had the Opera House and then we had the beaches and Manly and Bondi and the bridge. Like, yes. We had those
1: things. So, <laughs> if you could transport one thing from our time in Australia to here and now, what would it be?
2: From, from, from Australia or from Hillsong Church slash college?
1: I mean, either one, but I would think it would be Australia. Okay.
2: Okay, good. Um, You know what I would bring? And it's kind of changing because every few years I go back. So I would bring back here the, the laid back ways of like Aussie culture, like through the lens of what I experienced, if other people experience other things, I'm sorry. I one of the things that I always loved and what makes me keep on going back apart from my, my best friends are there, is that I feel like there is the competition that exists in America doesn't exist there. And I mean, this is taking Hillsong church out of it, right? Cause that right. is the epitome of American, even though it's Aussie, it's, it's American culture and capitalism and and just competition. I felt like working and living there was just stress-free. Even though there were stressors, right? You know, yeah. um adulting. But I felt safer there than I do here. Uh, I felt safer. Even though <laughs> I'm going to take a sharp right and say the following, men didn't care for me. Um, Like, what are you going to do with all this thighs, hips, butt, curly hair? You know, that's fine. Whatever but I'm seeing the same thing as men here, so it doesn't make a difference. Um, not all men, but you know what I mean. <laughs>
1: Hashtag not all men.
2: Not all men.
1: <laughs> I am single. Just... <laughs> New purpose for God has not given. We are also now matchmaking set it up service. So if you wanna get at my girl, me up I am not
2: holding back life is too short Janice like I am not going I'm not going backwards anyways but it it would to your question it's I just I I felt the Australia at that time is not a really competitive culture I would bring that back
0: nice I'll allow it (laughs)
1: All right, so as we are not competitively closing up shop here today, <laughs> Elizabeth, what is something you believe or believe in?
2: Um oh God,
1: No, not that. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: okay, so let me see how I can sum this up. Um, I think I mentioned it before, and it's pretty much just. I, bu- I no longer believe that I'm capable of forcing change upon myself. I You can change, but there is a natural evolution in nature, in the earth, in the universe. There's a natural flow that I'm really discovering that exists and it happens. I think that you can position yourself to be open and engage with it, but to force change upon yourself, human beings were not called to do that and I'm talking about change for the better <laughs> we're not wanting to change for the worse right so evolving to better
1: <laughs> you don't know my life
2: <laughs> so your sole purpose and goal is to wreak havoc
1: <laughs> depending on who you ask
2: yeah you Well know what hey you know that's but you're still producing good You're still destroying to produce good. And that may be necessary. But I I think that when we encapsulate that Christian culture of like, you have to change, you have to change, you have to change. Oh, but God is love. But no, you really got to change because you got to address those things. When it comes to that, instead of being so harsh towards ourselves and believing that we have to forge this what it ends up being is behavior modification. It's not real transformation. And what we want is real transformation. Cause if it's real transformation, it, it naturally produces like, again, the whole analogy of the tree, blah, blah, blah. You know, a tree isn't forcing itself to produce what naturally is meant to produce. And it's good. And it's good. And, and, and most of the time, the majority of the time it's good. It gives shade. It gets shelter. It gets food. You know, so we, we, I think that I believe that if we look at nature, we're going to see how we should be living and it is a flow and a vibration and, and it's, and and I believe God is in all that, but it's not this, let's jot down 10 things that will make you better in X area or or do the next seven things, and this is what evidence shows that you love God. And I refuse to confine the creator of this universe to such pettiness, and to such limited transformation. Like he didn't even have a blueprint to create this world. So I'm not gonna force him and allow others to dictate what is good, what is not good, and call what is natural evil. You know what I'm saying? And if it's not quite there, it will get there. You know, it, it it really, really is. I just think that we need to give ourselves the room and the space to breathe and to remove noise in order to do that. That's what I believe.
0: That's beautiful. Get, you, get your hippie,
2: <laughs> hippie self. I am a little hippie, I'm not even trying to. <laughs> I
1: just, I'm not even trying to, cause now we're- You starting. know what? No. It's what you naturally evolved into. (laughs) It really
2: is. It really, really is. And it's like, and I know I'm posting stuff about plant-based, but y'all like my whole family have like high cholesterol, diabetes, and heart issues, and I'm turning 40 next year. We ain't doing all of that. So I don't judge because I still, I'm Puerto Rican. I still like pork and beef and all that stuff. So, you know, balance. (laughs) (laughs) I I do what feels good as long as it doesn't hurt anybody. I I yeah. I do what feels good to me and that used to be demonized. That's what I believe.
1: Ooh, that's a whole word. Mm. So that's so good. So Elizabeth, if the listeners want to find you, friend you, fan you. Where where should they go?
2: You know, I have some things coming up. I am trying to still work through imposter syndrome, but I have some I have a business that I'm starting. Um, it's already started. I just gotta make it public and, and and make it go live. It's just working some kinks out but they can follow me I if you want at saucy Fire Islander S-A-U-C-E-Y. Saucy Fire Islander and then from there you'll see what's coming up. I'm also on clubhouse and you'll you'll find all the goodness on my Instagram and where to go. so
1: yeah to be clear, for the matchmaking services, <laughs> you DM me first, right? Janice need to suss you out. Yeah, my girl. Yeah, my girl has to approve you. So let's <laughs> let's be clear about that. But thank you so much for being on today. Thank you. I love this was you. Good.
2: I love what you're doing, you're bringing healing, and I just am so grateful for
1: you. Healing, healing through havoc
2: oh hell that is (laughs) you need to monetize that hashtag
0: so that's that and that's a wrap on episode 2.11 talking with Elizabeth left me even angrier about the concept of original sin that idea that we are all born bad and need to be made good it's not the only doctrine that's harming people, but it's a major player. And when I think about places like Hillsong, I realize getting people to realize the institution is bad. Note, Hillsong is a bad institution. is only half the battle. They also need to realize that they are good. Note, you are good. And you don't need to be burned or squeezed or crushed. You just need to be allowed to be you because you are good. But if you insist on working to prove that, hey, Feel free to earn some points by saying something nice about this podcast on Apple Reviews. Check out God Is Not Given on the gram, the blog at godisnotgiven.com. Hit the show notes for all the links. Tell your friends. Be well, and I will talk to you soon.